This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 26, 2022. And, of course, we're racing towards the fall season. I love the fall season. I can't wait. But it's still summer. We're still in summer. People in Oklahoma City felt 90, I felt a 96-degree temperature today. And it hit 92 in Boise, Idaho, 103 in Phoenix, 87 in Los Angeles. So summer is still hanging on. Don't think it's gone yet. It's not. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to doing this Invest Talk podcast because I do enjoy answering questions, talking about the stock market, talking about economics. That's one of the things I'd like to do. One of the major things I'd like to do, actually. And the phone number, if you want to talk to me, is always the same. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is 888-99-CHART. So I've got a lot of material to discuss. You know, I usually do because I try to make sure I do so it's entertaining and informative at the same time. So my focus point today, after supply chain chaos, big names consider diversifying manufacturing away from China. I think we're starting to see some major cracks in the Chinese growth story. Couldn't last forever, and it's not. See, I'm old enough to remember the same growth story coming out of Japan. Okay? Uh, And there was articles saying that when will Japan uh, outgrow the United States? This was in the 1980s, late 1980s. And of course, you hear nothing but about, oh, China is huge, which it is. I'm not arguing with that. But they've got so many problems they've been burying for years that eventually that can't happen. Eventually. So, I, it's, you know, and I'm going to talk about why this uh, China story is starting to crack. We'll talk about that here. Uh, time permitting, I also dig into a few other things. A PCE report came out, PCE, that's an inflation report came out today, and the one that Fed likes the best, so we'll discuss that. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Cleveland's Federal, uh, Federal Reserve President, Loretta Maestro, talked about interest rates. We'll talk about that, too. And besides, this is besides Powell's little short little announcement that he had today from Jackson Hole. And RMDs, required minimum distribution, the formula is changing. The IRS is changing the formula. Is that good or bad? So those things I want to get to if we can. Okay. Um, We also have some voice bank questions set up. Uh, uh, CQP, Cheney Energy Partners, and Tesla. And, of course, I'll be sharing highlights from the KPP, newest KPP premium newsletter. That's coming up at about the halfway point of the podcast. So I've got all this planned for this episode of the podcast. And, of course, I will take your live calls at 
99 charts. So how did the market do today? Had a really bad day today. The Dow was down 1,008 points. That's 3%, 3.03. The, the, the NASDAQ down 498 points. That's 3.94%, almost 4%. And the SP down 141 points, 3.3%. So only in the S&P 500, only five stocks were up today. Five. So that's a bad day. Broad sell-off today. Painful. Of course it's painful, yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. Let's go, uh, let's, instead of dwelling on that pain, let's go ahead and take our first caller question. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is uh, Dan from Wisconsin. Had a question regarding a company called Greif Incorporated. Ticker symbol is G-E-F, the Consumer Cyclical Packaging Company. I kind of like it quite a bit. I'm looking at the numbers here. It's uh, kind of bottomed out, and it's on its way back up. Uh, let me know what you think of this. It looks pretty promising to me. It's got some good numbers in certain areas that I don't know about about all of it. And uh, it'd be nice to hear your opinion. Thank you. Bye. Okay, manufacturers. This is Grife, simple G E F. Manufacturers steel, fiber, plastic, drums, bulk containers, uh, closure systems, and water bottles. That's what they do. $3.3 billion company. So it's a basic manufacturing type of company. Uh, they are very solid, have grown earnings every year, very consistent. They're going to make $7.62 a share this year. Next year, they'll be their first fall in earnings to $7.22 in the last 10 years. The first fall. Sales growth is still accelerating or is still high, 24% in the last quarter. We haven't gotten... Uh, this new quarter yet, we won't see that until, you know, next month, late next month maybe. Pays a 2.7% dividend, 25% return on equity. Management owns 4%. Mutual funds have been slowly buying over the last year. They have some debt, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's a $68.62 stock. Going to make seven dollars and twenty-two cents. But remember, that's lower than it was this year. Seven sixty-two. That's the estimates. So the stock fell, or got down to close to fifty dollars a share, and then came back up. Okay, and it got it, it's double topping now, and it's failing at the double top. Okay, you got about seventy-two dollars a share, so it's failing at that double top. So I would be very, very cautious here. I wouldn't be buying it here. I would not. I'd wait till to see how far it goes back down because it's failing at that top. Now, you also got to remember it's a cyclical, an economic-sensitive type stock, and the Fed is raising interest rates. There's an old saying, don't fight the Fed. The Fed wants to slow the economy. That will slow very uh, cyclical stocks quickly, and this is one of them. So I would be very cautious with this type of company in this current economic environment. We're heading into a break. I welcome your finance and investment questions. You can do that right now. No questions too simple or hopefully too complex. You set the agenda. You do. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? 
which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. My focus point concerns this headline. After supply chain chaos, big names consider diversifying manufacturing away from China. Now, it's COVID. What part of the problem? Faced with COVID lockdowns, worsening U.S.-China tensions, and an indefinite power cut in China, in China's heartland, in fact, companies are exploring how to diverse, divert their supply chains away from China. Okay, so it's a complex story, but China's starting to show uh, that they cannot be the center of manufacturing they were because they can't, they have rules and regulations that are in fear and, and that it's causing problems. They, for instance, they have zero tolerance for COVID. So if they just have a few cases in any city, any province, any place, they'll shut down that whole thing. And they've done that. And they continue to do that. Okay? Also, they they have power outages and power shortages in the heartland of China that they never had before, never had this issue before. Now they do. Um, so they've forced manufacturers to shut down during the day you know, pro, because they want to divert the, the power to the homes, which I don't blame them, but they need more power, period, and they don't have it. So what's happening is big manufacturers, we're talking like Mazda, uh, Tesla, uh, uh, Apple, um, even some Chinese companies are moving away from relying on China for their manufacturing supplies, okay, the manufacturing goods. So that tells you that we're starting to see the first steps of moving away from China in a more serious fashion. Before, it was moving away from China because President Trump wanted them to move away from China. Now it's the companies deciding that, you know, they need a more secure supply chain. And so there, now that, it, it takes time, people. Don't think this is going to happen overnight. It's not. It's going to be a process. But you then throw in the politics of the situation between U.S. and China, and you can see what the problems are. Now, where are the manufacturers going to go? 
Well, there's three main places that the article mentions, Mexico, India, uh, and Vietnam. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for years, by the way, not just anytime soon, years. Okay, let's take a live call now. Carl from Ohio. How are you doing, Carl? Uh, good, Steve. Thank you. Love the show. Um, I have you. a question about a long-term hold Under Armour, ticker symbol UAA. Well, Under Armour has been a, been a very solid company for multi-years. I mean, very long time. Um, manufactured performance apparel, footwear, accessories made from moisture-wicking synthetic fabrics, uh, its sales growth is slowing. Um, you expect that because the economy is slowing. Um, they are very healthy, have very little debt. Management still owns 16% of the company. And it's a $4 billion company. So they're pretty focused, right? I mean, funds own 62% of the company. So that's what, 78, 79% of the company owned by either the management or funds, mutual funds? Uh, but what's interesting is the number of funds, the number of funds have actually gone down in the last year from 744 to 644, 100. That's a lot. It's very cyclical. And you got two competing cycles going here. We have the cycle of going into the, you know, the holiday season, which usually means good for apparel, apparel companies, means good times coming. And you have an economic slowdown that the Federal Reserve seems hell-bent on making sure it happens, which is not good for these kinds of companies. So it's tough. You want to buy it when it's on sale. So is it on sale? It's an $8.73 stock. They're going to make $0.48 cents next year. They made $0.85 cents a share last year. This coming year, they're going to make $0.48. Cents. So I think, I think you – I think – I probably would stay away from it for a little while and see where the market ends up, but it looks like it double bottomed to me, around eight dollars a share. That looks like a pretty good bottom, but I would be cautious. But I think that's a pretty good price for Under Armour. I just think I'd be patient a little bit. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's talk to James in Sonoma. How you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good. I wasn't going to call today, but you mentioned RMD, so I yep. immediately ran to the phone. Okay, I'm going to be 72 next year, and unless Congress raises the uh, raises it up to 73, which I'm crossing my fingers, I'm hoping, I'm not think... going to need the money. So mine's a three-part question here. Okay. Uh, when you have, if I'm 72, uh, and I can I can take the RMD, uh, I assume I can take it anywhere in that year. Does because uh, my birthday's way late in the year. It's in August. I'm assuming I could take it February 2nd if I wanted to. My next question would be, um, uh, is there any advantage to taking and putting, uh, 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 you know, 500 shares of Honeywell from Part A? Because I don't need the money. And right. putting Part B, in other words, transferring stock versus, uh, versus uh, uh, cash. And then my last question is, uh, what do you recommend? What do most of your clients do? do? They take it early, take it late, do stocks. What do they do? Okay, um, we have very short little time before I have to take a break. Uh, so um, if you'll hold on with me for the break, after the break, we'll get to it. The answer to the last question, most of my clients wait and take it at the end of the year. That's what they do. 
But uh, we'll get back to you. We're headed into a break, everybody. It's Friday. So it's the weekend. Well, it's it's almost here anyways. I'm here to ready to tackle your financial investment questions. You can call right now, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. James, thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. So most of my clients take their RMD at the end of the year. You have to take it at the end of the year. It's not based on your birthday. It's based on the year that you turn 70 half. And by and that year, by the end of the year, you have to take the distribution. Okay? Uh, the other question you had, uh, um, transfer stocks. You can take it any way you want out of your retirement account and put it into a regular account. You can do it via stocks if you want to transfer that amount of money that it represents to another account, and that's perfectly doable and and allowable. And one other thing. Did you know that the IRS is changing the tables for the RMD? In other words, what they're doing is to our benefit, instead of using 82.4 years of a life expectancy, they're going to start using 84.6. So that means the amount of RMD the first the, the, in the years is reduced because it's over a longer period of time. So that's a benefit to us. How much is not that great of a deal, but it's something. It's better than nothing. And I don't. I doubt seriously. Uh, I doubt seriously that uh, James that the IRS is going to uh, extend another year. I don't see that higher happening. I really don't. And thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That was a good question. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to Danny in New York. Hi, Danny. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, the stock is Abex Technologies. It's a speculative stock, and it would have a speculative amount in my portfolio. They're labeled a technology company, but if you really like look at them, they're in the commodity sector, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking it may have some long-term potential. Okay, so this stock is not traded on the exchanges, is it? No, it's still pink sheet. Yeah, it's on a pink sheet. So for everybody else, that means that it's a real small company and it doesn't meet the criteria either through price or reporting numbers uh, to qualify to to trade on the New York or the NASDAQ exchange. And because of that, Danny, I hate to tell you this, but I have very little information on it because my data only covers those stocks that are publicly traded on the exchanges. I don't have any data I on got this you. company. So I apologize for that. I'm sorry I can't answer your question. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Dave in Ohio wants to talk about dividends. Hi, Dave. Oh, how you doing, Steve? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, my, my question is about 3M. Uh, with the litigation against 3M, uh, do you feel the, the dividend is in danger? Probably not, no. Uh, 3M is spinning off uh, part of itself to another company, uh, it's an unusual way they're doing it, 
Um, it's, I, 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 you know, I read how, what they're what they're doing and how they're doing, it and I felt I'm not sure what they're mean. I'm not sure what am I getting stock only? Am I getting stock in cash? What what's the deal? I will say this though: the dividend, uh, if the dividend came, uh, part of that dividend came from the spinoff. The dividend will go down of 3M, but you'll get it if you keep the spinoff stock. You know what I'm saying? So if you kept both parts, your dividend yield won't go down because the the theory is that both companies will pay their share of the dividend. So it depends on how big that company is compared to 3M. 3M is $73 billion companies. Don't remember how many billions of dollars the, the spinoff is, but it's it's a number of them. So in essence, if you just kept the 3M and sold off the other part, then yes, your dividend would go down. Okay? So appreciate the call. Okay. Thank, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, iTunes question. Uh, this is NX Kin. I hold positions in EPT, EPD, and ET. I was looking for your thoughts. Would holding one over the other for for more uh, over the other be more beneficial than having holdings of each? Well, obviously, each means you have a little bit of diversification because you have two enterprise products partnership. They all EEPD is an MLP engaged in natural gas liquid fractionation, transportation, and storage. Pays a seven point one percent dividend, and ET. Not to be confused with the movie, is energy transfer engaged in natural gas midstream liquid trans- transportation and storage business in the United States, and it pays seven point six percent. So you have some different diversification um, in this field, and I see no problem with that as long as you don't have too much of this sector in your portfolio. I wouldn't load up on the sector. I would not. But I kind of like these. That I think their their dividends pretty pretty secure for both of them and their earnings are very strong and I don't think oil prices are going to go down that much I don't okay thanks for the call thank you for the the uh, Apple uh, review for on, on invest talk I appreciate it I hope position well okay we will take a break the newsletter is coming up on invest talk 888-99 charts eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive 
at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is here or almost here. And the past few days have been very interesting in the markets. Volatility has been on display. So is your portfolio balanced? Well, you've got questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. We're going to go talk to Paul in San Francisco, listening to us on KDOW. Hi, Paul. Here I am again. Um, I have a question about the 401Ks. Now, there's one of the talking heads on, on KDOW. He bum-raps the 401K. He says bad because there are hidden fees, he says. He says there's 27 of them. I, I can, can I get some confirmation of do they exist or not? Yes, there's fees in the 401K plan that are kind of hidden. Most of them have them. Uh, they usually have uh, the, the 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 mutual funds in the four way K plan are usually have not the best funds and funds that tend to be higher in their annual management costs in those funds and you know there's fees because of the different reporting requirements required by four hundred one k so yeah there's you don't. They're, okay, we can call them hidden because they're not really transparent, but they are there. You can see them, uh, but you just have to work to find them. So yes, he's right. Okay. I'm going to find them. I'll try to. Good luck. Good luck, Paul. Thank you for the call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're going to stay in San Francisco, everybody. Let's talk to Sammy. Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm looking to uh, buy a big chunk of, um, uh, you know, um, mutual funds through Vanguard, through okay. uh, Vanguard mutual mm-hmm. funds, okay. and they also have equivalent ETFs. Right. Uh, do Do you have a recommendation on which which one to purchase? I mean, I'm going to buy a good chunk. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of dollars okay. worth of uh, mutual funds. So, what do you recommend? Okay. Well, um, Vanguard is a very low-cost fam- fund family, one of the lowest-cost fund families out there, so that's good. You you pay the least amount of fees most of the time. Um, usually, ETF fees are less than mutual fund fees, but it depends on which ETFs and which mutual funds you buy. You kind of have to compare. If you're going to buy, uh, let's say, an index then it's pretty easy to compare. They have an S&P 500 mutual fund, 
in the Vanguard and S and P 500 ETF in in Vanguard. So it's pretty easy to compare those funds. So um, I don't I I don't really have a problem with doing what you're doing, but if you have so much money, I'm, I'm curious as why do you not want to build your own um, own mutual fund, and then for there you don't have to have any fees. You know, no, there's usually no cost to buy stocks, and you can be just as diversified as you want to be, like any other mutual fund ETF, you know, fund. So, but yeah, either one. I think the ETFs would probably be less expensive than the mutual fund. But as I said, Vanguard is very low cost. You can you can find out the cost. Good question. Thank you for the call. I appreciate. It. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel in California somewhere. Pardon me. Hi. Yeah, hey, good afternoon. Um, just wanted to find uh, find out your thoughts on AFLAC, the insurance. Oh, sure, uh-huh, AFLAC, A-F-L. Uh, headquarters in Columbus, Georgia, offers cancer, accident, health, disability, and life insurance um, in Japan and the United States. Now, if you haven't seen the AFLAC duck on TV, you, haven't, you don't watch TV because it's been around for years, and that's been their major marketing effort. And it's been very successful for them over the years. Sales of Aflac have fallen for four quarters in a row, so I don't like that part. They are a very big $39 billion company, and they do $26 billion in sales, so that's a very good relationship every year. Um they're going to make five dollars and thirty-four cents this year. Five dollars and forty-two cents last year. They made six oh one in two thousand twenty-one. So two thousand twenty-two five thirty-four, then two thousand twenty-three five forty-two, and it's a sixty-dollar stock. So we're talking about eleven PE, and the five-year range is five to thirteen. They pay two point six percent dividend. Turn equity is twelve percent, a little low. Um, have no very little debt and mutual funds. I have been slowly buying. I think it's a little expensive right now. Now, when I say that, it's pretty low PE. But compared to its history of its PE, it's about eleven, and they go from five to thirteen in the last five years. So it's kind of on the high end. I'd wait for a decent pullback before I, I I'd buy it. I'd like to see it get down to fifty fifty. $51 a share. That's where I would like to see it. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That was AFLAC, everybody. AFL. AFL. The KPP Premium Newsletters is finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers. Um, let me, let's have a little preview. In the market conditions section, I explained that Volume this week was very low. In fact, it was about 26% lower than compared with the same week last year. Contributing to the low volume were seasonal factors and cautious investors decided to wait on the sidelines ahead of the Fed Chairman Powell's annual speech at the Economic Symposium in Jackson Hole. And you saw what, that made, that, what he said today, and it tanked the market. Investors are always ready to dis- Dissect Powell's comments, always, for clues on the direction of the Fed policy. One little word or statement can move the market significantly. We saw that. After the speech today, the market sold off due to more hawkish stance on interest rates. Currently, the market has a 55% probability of a 0.75% rate hike, which is 
up significantly from last week when it was much lower. The May height was expected to be 0.50, another half a percent. Now the odds are starting to move up. It's going to be 0.75. Mortgage rates in the United States increased to the highest point since June. This put more pressure on demand. The average of a 30-year loan rose to 5.5% from 5.13% last week. This will add to strain to an already slumping real estate market. Even though demand has reduced and, and days on the market have increased, prices are still resilient. Sellers are not hacked into a corner, causing them to be forced to sell their homes. I think prices are still going to come down. I really do. Consumers remain financially healthy, even with the discomfort of the high inflation. We are likely to see prices often or uh, soften or decline next year. Right? And, and given higher rates and, and a softer job market, that's just what it's going to be. According to the Commerce Department, the U.S. gross domestic product contr contracted at a 0.6% annual rate from April to June, compared with an initial estimate of 0.9% decline, so it contracted less. The better-than-expected revision helped the market. Not a lot. With lower gas prices, consumers increased their spending on other discretionary items, which resulted in the positive revision. Market volume will most likely increase next week as we have some key economic indicator reports, such as non-farm payrolls, our monthly jobs report. That'll give us the unemployment rate. ISM manufacturing index. Consumer confidence. There's a lot more commentary detail in the newsletter. Okay, the stock ideas. I looked at a pet care products company that offers puppy food, treats, nutrition, supplies through retail outlets and online platforms. The company operates around 1,500 pet care centers across the United States, Mexico, and Puerto Rico, which also includes a network of more than 150 in-store veterinarian hospitals. The stock is currently trading near its 50-day moving average, and just about 20% below its 200-day at moving average. The industry will continue to expand and should be on everyone's watch list moving forward. Pet, pet, pet Spending on pets in the United States has been going up consistently for a long time. Also, we focused on an off-price retailer of apparel, home fashions, and other merchandise. It sells a variety of branded goods, opportunistic buying inventory from a network of over 21,000 vendors worldwide. Its business model revolves around undercutting conventional retailers' regular prices by at least 20 to 60%. It derives most of its revenues from the U.S., 79%. The remainder is spread through Europe, Canada, and Australia. It should be on your watch list moving forward, and upon a pullback closer to the 50-day moving average, it could present a, a great buying opportunity. Of course, we name names in the newsletter, but I'm not allowed to do that on air. I'm not. By the SEC, by the way. So I've given you a sample teaser, teaser of the latest KPP premium newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email each Saturday. Saturday morning usually. And they also get the portfolio consumer watch sections and learn more about how to subscribe at investtalk.com if you're interested. Okay? 
Okay, uh, PCE number came out today. That's the inflation number. That's the inflation number that the Federal Reserve likes to look at best. It shrank one-tenth of one percent from one percent the month before. Okay, one percent inflation down to a shrinkage of one-tenth of one percent. Core PCE, core, grew by one-tenth of one percent the month before. It was up six-tenths of one percent. Year over year, it went from 6.8% the month before down to 6.3%. So, inflation eased. Do you think that would stop the Federal Reserve? No, no, no. At the the, uh, Jackson Hole Conference, they, you know, Powell and I'll get to another uh, uh, Fed president here in a second, both said, Interest rates need to go up, and they were both hawkish in their statements, meaning not very positive that they were going to slow down. Of course, that's what resulted in the market going down a 1,000 points today for the Dow. It's exactly what. Thank you very much, Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is late. I've told you this before. They are always late. It seems to me I've been watching them for years and decades, and they're always late in both directions. They're late when they lower rates. They're late when they increase rates. And it's very obvious, okay? A year plus ago, they were talking about how inflation was transitory and not to worry about it. When many of us were complaining, and I was complaining, I know Justin was, on air saying, they need to raise rates now. They need, you know, this would be the time if they they raise rates with the economy strong and, you know, we don't need the accommodation anymore, okay? Now they've raised rates. I'm not saying they should necessarily stop raising rates. I'm saying they should slow it way down. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to skip a, a meeting or two in raising rates to see what the effect is. Because I think you're going to see a, a, a housing market's going to come to a, a big, big dump. I, I just think so for a short term anyways. And the economy is showing some big cracks, and they just seem, well, we want to see more big cracks. That's what they're saying. They want to see more. They want to see it. How much more do you want to see? Do you want to wait till we're in full-blown contraction of the economy by several percentage points, then stop raising rates? That's not what you should be doing. You should be lowering rates before you even see that happening. They're not proactive. They always seem to me... Reactive. That's what I think. There's no denying it. The invest talking the investment environment has changed a lot in the past year or so, all because of interest rates. So as investors, you gotta prepare and deal with reality, everybody. Now we might be able to help you with that. So I like to mention our company, um, the benefits we might be able to provide. I'm Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, we're both owners of the company. We're located in Irvine, California. That's in Orange County, California, between L.A. and San Diego. And let me remind you, we operate with a uh, philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and that means that we don't, we don't go by what other people say or we don't buy other people's opinion and, tell it, and then invest by what they say. We don't do that. We're independent. Also, we practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. Same price, same time, same percentage, so that we are on the same side of the table as our clients. I think that's important to be that. 
I think after speaking to me or Justin in about 10 minutes, you'll get an idea that we're a bit different. We do think you will get that impression, and we are a bit different. We are. So there's no obligation. We'd love to take a look at your portfolio and help you decide how much risk you're taking and whether it fits what you're trying to do and give you suggestions. We don't mind doing that. All, all that is for free. We don't. You know, it's okay. Many money managers will do that for you for free, but they always try to sell you something. We will not. We will not try to sell you anything. We really, really do want to help you if we can, and we will help you if you let us. And the sooner they contact us, the sooner we can help you. So give us a call. Go Send us an email. Go to our website, investtalk.com. Click on the Contact Us buttons. You'll see them all over the place. Let's squeeze in one more, squeeze in one more caller question. Hey, can I have your thought on Tesla stock split? Is it a good time to buy now or wait? Thank you so much. Well, that's always a tough question. Is it a good time to buy now or late? That means you're asking me to look into crystal ball and see if it's the, this is the time to buy. It's hard to answer that question that way. I can tell you certain things that may persuade you one way or another. Like, is it a good value right now? Well, they're going to make $5.92, up 47% next year. This year, it's up 78% earnings. Sales growth of sales, 42% most recent quarter, 80% before that. Very strong company. But you're going to have to pay for that. And did it fall? I, I would rather see you buy it around the 220 instead of the 280 to 290, the 220 to 230 range. And I, I'd probably wait to see if it comes down to that. Okay, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call, 888 99Chart. Your objective is to work hard plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. This is Nick with Denver, and I'm looking at a stock with ticker symbol CQP, Chenier Energy, and I was wondering, uh, you guys take on this. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Okay, uh, CP, CQP produces and exports liquefied natural gas through the Sabin Basin, uh, Basin LNG terminal. Uh, it makes a lot of money. It has always made money. It's going to make 411 this year, then 401 next year per share. Sales growth, uh, most recent quarter of June, 121% growth in sales. Well, that's because liquefied natural gas is very expensive. It's gone up very high. Um, I wouldn't buy here because it's coming up on the double top again, uh, topping at this price of $56.26, and that's kind of expensive for this kind of company. Very high return on equity because they have a very high, lots of debt. And uh, I, I don't think you should chase it. I think it'll come back down and let it base. It pays a really nice dividend of 5.2%, and that would be the reason I would buy it. But I would like to buy it in the 40s, not in the 50s. Okay? Uh, low as a 40, maybe even the high 30s. But that's me. Because I don't like to overpay for things. And I don't, I'm not saying it's super expensive. It's just trading at the high of its PE range, and I don't like doing that. But that's, that's not the right thing to do. Okay? 
888-99 Charlie, everybody. That's a number. On Fridays, I generally take time out to do a quick rundown on some of the key benchmark numbers. For instance, the two-year Treasury was at 3.4%. Okay, uh, just to give you, remember, you always want to know the two-year and ten-year. Two-year, ten-year Treasury. So the two-year is 3.4. The ten-year is 3.05. That means the yield curve is inverted and has been, and that usually is not a good sign for the economy. And this has now been stretching out for some time. That tells me the economy is going to get weaker. That's what that tells me. Okay, gold prices, $1,736 an ounce. So we can go with $1,750. It has done nothing in over a year. Now it's just been going sideways. Not much help for the portfolios, even though inflation is really high. Even with the economy starting to slow down, that should be positive. Multiple things should be positive for gold. Should be. Not. It's not. Oil, $92.16 a barrel. It was $91.48. Remember, not that long ago, what was it, uh, what, seven weeks ago, it was at $104 a barrel. Now it's 92 so gasoline prices, uh, it was $113 a barrel, what, 13 weeks ago? So oil's come down. Price of gasoline has come down. Here in California, the average is $5.28. We were over $6 for some time. Okay, what is it in Ohio? About $3.57. Now, should we move to Ohio to get cheaper gas? Okay, Cleveland's federal president, Loretta Mester, who was also at the Jackson Hole, had a little speech she gave today. Thank you very much. She says the Fed needs to raise rates to near 4% by early next year. Remember, right, currently we're at a, in a range of 225 to 250. So she wants to raise the rate 75%, 80% more. That's what she thinks the Fed needs to do. This is what I mean by there seem to be, to me, blind to the reality of what you're doing to the economy. Yeah, I know that they're all talking about inflation. We need to kill inflation. We need to kill it, kill it, kill it. I understand that. We do. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But we're already seeing inflation starting to weaken. How you can? It's easy to kill inflation. Easy. Kill the economy. Push us in a deep recession. Push us in a depression. Guess what? Inflation be gone. See, but. It, you know, you're trying to guide the economy, not destroy it. And they always act like, well, we think we can do this without, you know, too much damage to the economy. No, you can't. You can't raise it to 4% and not do a ton of damage to the economy. Come on. Anyways. Now, mind you, 4% in and of itself is not high. But it's high, way higher than we were used to. And therefore, its impact is much greater. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast download. We would appreciate that. We really would. So you get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you do download it from iTunes, please rate us, rate and review us. We would appreciate that. We really would. Independent thinking, share success. This is Investile, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.